the grass is always greener on the other side, but the grass only grows where you water it, you know? So like wherever you are right now, you might think that it's bad. You might think that there's something better, but Mm -hmm. the first challenge would maybe be to look inward and say, am I doing everything I can to, Mm -hmm. to maximize this job, this opportunity? Mm -hmm. And maybe if you are, and there's no room for growth and nobody cares about you. Sure. If you're, if you're truly like leading yourself, there'll be plenty of people that want to hire you. Hey, everybody, it's your host, Hampton Dorch. You are about to listen to an episode where I was interviewed by Ivana Hirschi. I think that's how you say her last name. She lives in Switzerland and she is the founder of LeadLink. LeadLink supports leaders who want to grow without relying on company budgets or training opportunities. So the work that she is doing across the world is amazing. She is a great follow on LinkedIn. You will learn a ton from her. So it was an honor to be interviewed by her. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And hey, by the way, this podcast is sponsored by O'Henry's Coffee. It's my favorite shop in Birmingham. Make sure to stop by if you are here. If you're not, check them out online. Let's hop in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our leading podcast with Ivona Hirschi, your host and interviewer. Every month, we invite leaders with different backgrounds and experience in business, research, or training to share their knowledge and recommendations on how to become a better leader. And today, I have Hampton Dorch with me. Welcome on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm fired up. I don't know exactly where we're going with this. We're going to see, but hopefully we'll have some good stuff for you today. We will see. How's it going today for you? Hey, it's great. If I had to guess, I think it's very different uh, times for us. It's 7.30 a.m. in the morning for me. So this is the first thing I'm doing. I'm jacked up on coffee right now. I'm feeling dangerous. So uh, what about you? (laughs) Great. Well, it's afternoon for me. So I already had my afternoon tea because I don't really drink coffee, which mm, some of my friends don't like, but what can you do? (laughs) And, you know, today I really want to discuss with you Gen Z and leadership. Because obviously there is a bit of age gap between us. So I'm 88. Obviously, you are a bit younger than me. (laughs) So I want to ask you a lot about how do you see, you know, your career, how leadership fits into what you do. And because you also do the podcast that you will share some sneak peek around what uh, you have been doing so far. But tell me your career. What have you been up to? Yeah. When I graduated college, a few years ago. So I graduated in 2020 and I was interning nice. at Wild Spark where I work now. That's the the hat I'm wearing, the, the shirt I'm wearing. I'm, I'm, I'm logoed up with Wild Spark stuff. <laughs> and I was interning there and I was trying to figure out where should I work? And somebody gave me this advice. Now, it was somebody that worked at Wild Spark. So the joke is that they knew what the answer would be because maybe maybe they wanted me to work there. But they said, Hampton, Yes, you need to make money. You got to make money to live and and support yourself and everything. But Mm -hmm. when you're 22 years old, go where you are going to grow the most. Go where you're going to grow the most. And now being a couple of years out, I like to just say, learn before you earn, which I didn't come up with that. I heard somebody else say that. And obviously, if you can learn and earn a good bit of money, great. But (laughs) I just think that so often we are conditioned to find like the best paying job. And what do we see time and time again, people burning out at their mid to later twenties because they've climbed this ladder and it's Mm -hmm. not what they thought that it would be, uh, or they're doing a job that isn't necessarily fulfilling. 
And I think that even if you are killing it in your twenties and making a lot of money, mm-hmm. that's, you're still probably not making nearly as much as you could later on. And I think the art of patience and delayed gratification is something that can really go a long way in your twenties. Yeah. If you just focus on learning and continually ask yourself the question, what direction am I heading in? And as long as you're heading in a, in, in a direction that you like and you're learning and growing, mm-hmm. it's okay. You don't have to have your life figured out. And so I, I came to WildSpark and I've been here for three years now and we do leadership development for other companies. Yoo-hoo. So yeah, there you go. So we can talk about a lot of this stuff and we we have an online platform, a, a software mm-hmm. and I'm in sales. And so I started off as a sales development rep cold calling people in HR and executives saying, Hey, do you have managers that you wish were better? And just about every single one of them said, yes. Now that doesn't mean they bought wild spark, but it was, it was a easier, uh, entry into sales because there was clearly a, a, a problem and everyone at least agrees there's a problem. So I did that. Now I'm an account executive where I'm on zoom, just like this selling wild spark and companies use it for their managers. Now, one thing that I noticed from a couple mm-hmm. years of being on calls with executives and HR leaders is they would say, Hampton, our managers need to be trained. They, they yes. need to be better. They don't know how to lead. Why? Well, because they're getting promoted based on their competence mm-hmm. in the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I, we're big football people over here in America, American football. So the way I like to say it is the the star quarterback is being asked to become the head coach and those yeah. two things don't necessarily mm-hmm. transfer. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you've got the, and I know that you know all this, but what I'm seeing is like, <laughs> we've got people in these manager roles who have good hearts, who have good intentions, who want to do well, but have never really learned how to communicate effectively, mm-hmm. how to handle conflict, how to give and receive feedback, how to coach somebody. Mm-hmm. And so what happened is that was beginning to frustrate me. And so I looked at myself and I said, my whole life, in school and sports, you know, I had leadership titles growing up. But but yeah. when you graduate college, most people don't have that. So you find yourself in this sweet spot where you have an opportunity to just be selfish and learn. And so that's what I'm trying to do. And um, if we can go back to elementary math for a minute, there's something mm-hmm. called the order of operations. Do you remember that? Remember? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the leadership order of operations that um, my, my VP of operations, Corey Tao, came up with. He said that we are to lead me first, mm-hmm. then develop my team, then deliver business results. Mm-hmm. Like when you get in that leadership role. And I'm not in a leadership role right now. And so what I'm focusing on is leading me first, because if you can't lead yourself, you're not going to be able to lead other people. And so I started this podcast, Wake Up and Lead, that's interviewing primarily people in their 20s that I think are doing a wonderful job at leading themselves. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by leading yourself? What habits do you have? What are your mindsets? What are your routines? And by the way, and I'll end with this, um, actually, you know what? That's kind of a longer story. I may go to that in a minute. I'll I'll stop because that's a lot of talking. I know you have a lot of value to add too. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't don't worry. It's super interesting that uh, you are saying, yes, you first need to learn lead yourself or to be led before you actually lead others because that's really how a lot of training start that it's about the mindset it's about you know fixing some of the ideas that you have maybe from your past jobs maybe from your bad bosses that you met and you just felt like this is how things are done but yeah i find it super interesting what uh, you are saying that 
You basically don't see currently to be in leadership position itself, but you just enjoy the process of learning. <laughs> great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we we say all the time that everyone deserves a great leader. Everyone deserves one, but every great leader deserves to be equipped and positioned to yeah. be great. And that's not happening. And that's why I'm thankful for people like you that are equipped equipping and enabling leaders and and for the work we get to do at Wildspark because it's really important. Mm -hmm. You spend you spend the majority of your waking hours at work. And yep. if it's not giving you life, if it's draining now, now work to an extent will always be work. It might be hard, but what would it look like to have a great leader where you look back on your career and your life and you say, wow, that, that person was a mentor for me. They advocated for me. Like mm -hmm. I was talking to someone the other day, expressing how grateful I am for my job. And I'm sorry if this is like rubbing it in to you listener. I believe that there's somebody out there but there's somebody out there for you and you can start to be this person. But I think a sign of one of the best leaders you can have is if you don't worry for a second, if your leader can advocate for you, like my boss, I don't have to like brag about all my numbers and everything I'm doing. He knows all of it. And his oh, focus awesome. is elevating me more than himself. And, and, and the key is, you know, as he elevates me, I'm part of his team. So that's going to make him look better. And I think a lot of times new managers Mm -hmm. operate out of like a scarcity mentality where they're afraid that if they elevate the people around them, they might end up even being quote better than them. Yeah. And I'll respond to that by saying my CEO says all the time, he's the dumbest person in our company. Now he's kidding. He's not, but like <laughs> he goes, I'm finding people that are really gifted. And my job as a leader is just to enable and equip them to do what they do best and what gives them life. And so if you're leading people, help them be the best version of themselves, even yeah. if they end up being quote, better than you at something congrats that means you're a great leader <laughs> mm -hmm. and tell me you know from practical point of view so what your manager or leader is doing that you feel comfortable that you feel appreciated that you don't have to you know brag about all your stuff and your numbers so how the communication and maybe cooperation going really what what is it that it makes him or her good leader i think the most important thing in any relationship definitely when you're leading someone is the power of story, knowing somebody's story. Where did you come from? What was it like growing up? What are you passionate about? Hey, I know you work here at this company, but if there's something else in life that you really care about, or if you have a dream 10 years from now and it's not at this company, that's okay. Tell me, I want to know, help me pursue <laughs> your vision, your goals, your dream. But here's the thing. I, I believe that that happens through a very specific lens of, of leadership characteristics that you must yeah. have. And I'll go into the story I was going to tell now. There's a guy. Ooh. Yeah. There's a guy named Tim Spiker mm -hmm. and I had him on my podcast. Great guy. He, he does some leadership coaching and consulting and everything. He did a, a study a couple of years ago with several thousand people where he asked them in your leader, what are the most important characteristics or qualities for mm -hmm. them to have? Like what characteristics they need to have in order to make them worth following? And he had like eight different characteristics, eight to 10. They were things like the ability to motivate and inspire, or the best leaders are able to recruit top talent, or they're able to set direction, think strategically. Yes. So all the things that you might think about when you think of a great leader. And he was blown away when he got the results back. So let's say there were eight different qualities that people were mm -hmm. surveyed on, and they just picked the two um, or the ones that they thought were the most important. So if we have eight qualities... Let's think about a pizza. A pizza usually has about eight, eight slices. Mm -hmm. Well, when he looked at the data, two of the slices made up 77% of, right. of what people said. So there's these two characteristics 
And they might not be what you think. It was to be inwardly sound and others focused. So inwardly sound and others focused. So here's what's cool. And here's why this applies to you, listener, as a young professional. Yep. So inwardly sound. Now he built his business around helping people develop those two things. Mm -hmm. Being Mm -hmm. inwardly sound is a bigger deal that has a lot to do with like the way that you think mentally. Um, It's harder to develop. Others focus is something that you can start doing right now. And so I'll speak a little bit more to that one. Think about it. If you can be interested over interesting, (laughs) then man, your people are going to love you. That's what my boss does. He's interested in me instead of trying to be interesting all the time. I think so many people spend their whole lives, their whole careers trying to be known instead of making other people feel known. And I think mm-hmm. our deepest desire as people is to is to be known by somebody. And so imagine if your leader really knew you. And for you as a leader, what if you really know your people and you make it about them? So here's the challenge. What's really cool about this is, is if you look at these other qualities of, motivating and inspiring, thinking strategically, setting mm-hmm. direction, recruiting top mm-hmm. talent. Most of those things, they don't require it, but it usually means you're going to be in some sort of formal leadership role to do a little bit more of those things. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can practice being inwardly sound and others focused, which according to this research is 77% of what it takes to be a oh, leader worth following. <laughs> you can do that when you're 10 years old. I think so often like we, we think that we have to wait until we get a leadership title to learn how to be a leader, to practice these things. And yes, you're not, until you're thrown into a tough conversation, you're only going to know so much how to do it. But if we really believe that the best leaders are just others focused and they care about other people and they're inwardly sound. So when somebody comes to them with maybe bad or hard news, they're they're a boat in the middle of a storm that's not rocking. Mm -hmm. So if you can practice doing both of those things, not only will you end up getting promoted faster, but your people will follow you so much more. Now, that's interesting that you're saying caring about others, getting to know them. So is it about, you know, having these little chit-chat conversations or is it also, for instance, about having the regular one-to-one catch-ups and asking some more personal question? So what, you know, what leaders can really now understand that they should start doing physically in their offices or maybe online? How, you know, the, the whole process of getting to know other people works? We believe that, a number the number one tool in a leader's tool belt is their one on one. So mm-hmm. okay. Now I will say this: I'm in sales, and so when you're in sales, you have numbers to hit and everything. So when I meet with my manager, we have two separate meetings. There's a pipeline review where you're looking at your your numbers and everything, and then there's a one on one. And in that one on one, that's where we're, we're catching up about my wife, about my kid on the way, about working out and hobbies. And, and, and that's been happening weekly for three years. And so if you, if you put that on the calendar and you commit to doing it, it's going to go a really long way. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I will say this, the longer you wait to get to know somebody's story, like get to yeah. get to know someone on a personal level, the more awkward it is. I'll give you an example. <laughs> yes. I go to the gym most mornings and the same people are there every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's certain people that I met early on just because we happened to make eye contact or like we were getting out of our cars at the same time. But there's other people that are there. But because I've been going for six months and we walk by each other, we're just used to not talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the hardest part, especially if you are leading somebody right now, um, is if you haven't been doing this for three, six, nine, 12 months. But I really do think that if you can say, hey, 
I really think we should start doing these one-on-ones. And I just want to know about you. How are you doing? Like, are you, are you, are you happy? Are you struggling? Like I'm here to advocate for you. And, and by the way, if you're leading somebody and you're not so sure if they're going to trust you, the best way to, to build that is to be vulnerable first. Vulnerability breeds vulnerability. I'm not saying you got to share your deepest, darkest secrets, but the, the best leaders mm-hmm. are, are able to consistently say, I messed up. I don't know. I'm sorry. Can you help me? And so mm-hmm. I think for you, like if, if you haven't had this regular cadence of building a relationship, of talking yeah. about your family, of talking about your hobbies, then it's going to be hard to start. But once you do, you can set the expectation and start by being vulnerable mm-hmm. yourself. So you know what uh, some leaders, they complain about that they don't have time. Because for instance, I, I know managers who have not five people, you know, not 10 people, but 20 or 30. And then to have regular one-to-ones, that basically is full-time job. So what would you recommend to these leaders, you know, who have really much large teams, what they can do to still be in touch? Restructure. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you have 20 to 30 people reporting to you, yeah. if there's absolutely nothing you can nothing you can do, like if you mm-hmm. if you are not able or technically allowed to formally have, you know, three or four supervisors below you, if you mm-hmm. truly can't do that, then I would maybe try to focus on that informally. You cannot foster a meaningful relationship, know people on the level that they deserve to be known with mm-hmm. 20 to 30 people, I believe. And so what I would do if I was in that role, I would say, who are the three, four, five people that are really hungry to learn, that are really hungry to grow, that want mm-hmm. to be a leader in my company one day? Mm-hmm. I may not tell anybody, I may not tell them, but mm-hmm. I might invest just a little bit more in them mm-hmm. and start facilitating a conversation around, hey, I know you don't have a leadership title right now. And I know that the world tells you to, to look out for yourself and make sure that you're noticed and that mm-hmm. you're seen as a leader. But mm-hmm. the best thing you can do for your career is to lead the people around you. Now, that doesn't mean yep. boss them around, but what if you were inwardly sound and others focused towards them? What if what if you listened to their idea? What if you celebrated them when something really good happened on your team? Guess what? Like in the short term, it might feel like a sacrifice because you know maybe somebody else gets the credit for something. But over time, people will know. And by the way, when you do get promoted one day, it's not going to be bud to boss where it's like, whoa, we were just like friends and now you're my boss. It's going to be, yeah, this person has been leading for the last year and I'm actually willing to follow them. They deserve it. Yeah, I see. You know, uh, your idea about leadership and qualities, it's not that far from, I would say, general idea how it should work across. It doesn't matter if it's a huge company, startup and so on. But I have a question for you. So how do you think that the generational exchange between different people is going in terms of leadership? Because what you are saying is now pretty much aligned with how I would call the modern leadership wisdom is now circulating everywhere. But would you say that there is anything managers or leaders should be doing different with Generation Z, you know, people who are just fresh graduates, anything like special? Do we really need to care? Because obviously there is a lot of buzz and people think like, oh, new generation is here. What should we do for them? They are different. And um, some of them are even confused that they say, well, I don't know if my old tricks will work even for them. How do you see it? Let's all put on our empathy caps here. Put on put on your <laughs> empathy hat here. And the first thing that I'll say is that Gen Z was ambushed by technology. Mm-hmm. Tim Elmore, Dr. Tim Elmore wrote a book called A New Kind of Diversity. It's awesome. And he talks about the different generations and how there's like different diversity around them in the workforce, 
There's yeah. sometimes up to five generations in the workforce. And the whole goal of the book is to help build a bridge, not a wall between the generations, mm-hmm. uh, build a bridge. You know, how do we connect them? How do we use them as a strength? Mm-hmm. And he shares an acronym that this sums up Gen Z. This is it. So, so I'm about to share it. Well, hopefully I can visualize this for you. Um, think of the word scene, S C E N E scene. Uh-huh. So he says, this is our scene today. This is Gen Z's scene, the world that they've grown up in. So S stands for speed. So we've grown up in a world of speed Yeah. and then convenience entertainment, Uh nurture, and entitlement. So I'll go back to the top of scene. So the first one, S, that is speed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. High-speed internet at all times. We microwave everything. (laughs) Like We're just moving, moving, moving. Efficiency, productivity, convenience. Mm -hmm. We don't have to travel very far to to get anything. We we can immediately Google something if we need information. Convenience, entertainment. There is no such thing as boredom. The moment I'm bored, I'm scrolling on my phone. Nurture. Our parents, the safety first thing got really big. It's like safety first, safety first, safety first. Tim says when he was younger, his granddad would drive him around to the back of the truck and they would yell at him to hit the bumps, hit the bumps, hit the bumps. <laughs> now it's like you would be arrested for doing that. Safety first. And then entitlement. I think all of those things can, can lead to entitlement and every new generation gets called entitled. There's nothing new here, nothing new mm-hmm. under the sun. And I mean, if you if you look at how some of the generations were were raised, it's like baby boomers, their, their parents- grew up in, I'm making sure I'm getting my history right, but like in part of the great depression. And so they were, they were raised that way. And so then that Mm -hmm. made them raise their kids that way. And so there's effects here, but to finish the acronym, speed, convenience, entertainment, nurture, and entitlement. Let's look at the opposite of each of the, of each of those. Uh That would be slow, hard, boring, risk, and labor. So Uh opposite of, of speed is slow. So they, if they grow up in a world of speed, they believe that slow is bad. Hard is bad, boring is bad, risk is bad, and labor is bad. You know, if you look at those things, those are all pretty good things, pretty good characteristics. It's really good to be able to slow down. What is it? Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. It's also good for like your mental health to be able to slow down. So hard, nothing worth having, nothing worth having, nothing great comes on the back end of easy. Hard is good. Boring. I don't think you or I ever want to be bored, but neuroscientists tell us that boredom is is actually good for us. Like go outside, throw a rock, you know, get get some nature. Mm-hmm. Risk mm-hmm. your company. Most countries were built on risk. Your podcast, when it has millions of people listening to it, you were taking <laughs> a risk by starting it. Uh, and then entitlement. Uh, the opposite of that is labor. I think we were meant to contribute to society, to work, to add value. So if we think that slow, hard, boring risk and labor is bad, if that's the world that they've grown up in, of course, people are going to be complaining about Gen Z. But what it says in the book is he said, millennials, Gen X, like older millennials and Gen X who are parenting these people, he goes, we created this world and they were born into it. And guess what? They were ambushed by technology. So for me, I'm a, I call myself more of a zillennial. I was born in 1997, which usually says I'm on like the very back end of millennial, but I I definitely have parts of me that identify with being a Gen Z as well. For me, it's like my first phone was a flip phone. I have like a vague memory of, of an America 911, which was a huge event for our country, (laughs) but most of Gen Z they're growing up as iPad kids. The first thing that they get is a phone. They, they have Snapchat, Instagram, they have social media. They don't know a world without that. And older millennial, Gen X, baby boomer, if you had that, don't you think it would affect you? So how can we understand that that's the world that they've grown up in? And Tim says that him as a CEO, as a company calls himself a 
mentorn. So if you're a manager managing Gen Z, be a mentorn. So mm-hmm. yes, you want to be a mentor. Of course, there's lots of, of characteristics that you want them to learn from you. But what if you started by humbling yourself, being a quote intern to them, to their worldview, to their life, ask them their story, start with the story, learn about them. Then there's a lot of trust built because you get to know them and then you'll have that opportunity to really mentor and mold a 22-year-old that doesn't know anything about anything. Yeah, I like what you are saying because I, I speak with a lot of leaders and they have already quite a lot of stereotypes in mind when they are hi- hiring young people, as you are saying, that they get bored, that they hop job a lot, that they are not stable, maybe not trustworthy, that they are lazy, they don't want to work overtime and so on. And you know, the narrative I, I grew up and I finished <laughs> university was try to keep up the speed and you have to prove yourself. So that was the narrative when I really joined the company. I was told you need to sit silently, wait for your chance and really show that you have the guts to do it. Obviously, you know, most of millennials, they do have skills and they were extremely ambitious. But by the age of 30 or 35, all of them, they are somehow burned out. And there's like a huge crisis of what should I do in my life? So the purpose is not there. As you said, money is nice, but so what? What else is out there? So the values are somehow different for Gen Z. Obviously, there will be some problems like with the speed and slow, because then when you start to grow pretty fast, you can reach that 20s crisis, you know, that quarter age crisis. I don't know if you heard about it, but apparently oh, yeah. it's a thing. <laughs> so I wonder how people can really collaborate the best to understand each other's world and learn from each other. But I guess everything is about being open and just, as you said, talk. If you can go through life with a posture of humility and curiosity, you, you will have zero enemies. Mm-hmm. Humility, like if, yeah, if you're 50 years old and you've built a massive business and Gen Z's coming into your workforce and you don't have an ounce of humility, you're going to think these people are crazy. But, <laughs> um, and, and curiosity, like be uh ted lasso have you seen that show no i haven't i haven't but i i've seen that it's huge so i hope to watch it but i know it it finished like a month ago no maybe i think so and i haven't seen the last season but there is this iconic scene um that i don't have to get into but ted lasso beats somebody in darts he throws like a perfect bullseye and he looks at the guy and he says be curious not judgmental I think it was Mr. Rogers who once said, there isn't anyone you couldn't learn to love once you know their story. Ask people their story, figure out how they were shaped, figure out some of the key events from their life, ask them about what they cared about growing up, ask them about hard things. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you start to see the way that somebody acts and you understand, oh, that's probably why, you know, there's nothing worse than being misunderstood. You know, no, nobody wants to be misunderstood. Yeah. And they're like, if they if they just knew what I've been through, if they just knew my story. Now, on the other hand, I, I don't want people to like be victims. Uh, April Sprint, yeah. your last guest would say, be a victor, not a victim. So we don't want to be victims here. But just <laughs> if we could, if we could just get to know each other's stories more, I think the world would be a much better place. And there would be a lot more of a bridge between the generations instead of a wall. Mm-hmm. So a lot more understanding, a lot more discussions and less focus on differences but rather focusing on similarities because as you said the world we all are in we all created it and we are creating it for you know the next generation (laughs) Mm -hmm. by the way 1997 was a great year for movies and music so 
<laughs> I, I unfortunately don't really remember. Uh, no, you so I may have to go back. <laughs> but uh, when you said so, I remembered like Fifth Element and, you know, good songs from Backstreet Boys, Spice Girls and so on. So I, I am definitely millennial. <laughs> Just realized. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about your podcast and how you help people to develop leadership skills. Because you are saying, I don't want people in 20s to really waste the time. Because just yesterday I spoke with one friend and he said, look, I don't remember what I have been doing between 20 and 30. I just feel like I wasted my time. And if I knew what I really want to do, I could have been somewhere else. And now he's 34 and he's lost and he's trying to figure out my dream career. So how do you help people not to waste the time? Yeah. I talk to a lot of people who are figuring it out along the way. I mean, mm -hmm. nobody usually has like their dream job necessarily, but it, yeah. it's cool. I've talked to some people who, you know, started at like a big corporate company and, and six months in were like, this isn't for me. I'm starting my own thing. I'm going out on my own. I'm going to start my business. <laughs> and like they did it, which Side I really hustle admire. culture a little bit. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and then I talk to other people. Um, I've talked to people who are a little bit older in their 20s who have stayed with their job for eight to 10 years. And I think there's a lot of value in that too. Like people talk about job hopping mm -hmm. and yeah, maybe you can get a couple extra grand every time you hop to a new job. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I think in the long term that could hurt somebody. And so one, one guest I had recently said like, the grass is always greener on the other side, but the grass only grows where you water it, you know? Mm -hmm. So like wherever you are right now, you might think that it's bad. You might think that there's something better, but mm -hmm. the first challenge would maybe be to look inward and say, am I doing everything I can to, mm -hmm. to maximize this job, this opportunity? Mm -hmm. And maybe if you are, and there's no room for growth and nobody cares about you. Sure. If you're, if you're truly like leading yourself, there'll be plenty of people that want to hire you. Mm -hmm. Another thing I talk a lot about is like, <laughs> I had a guest on there that said he had seven people reach out to him mm -hmm. about seven different topics. And okay. the answer to all seven of them in some form or another was consistency. And so I think in life, we're often looking for a magic pill uh, yep. to a hack. And like, there's not really any of those that exist. And so I'm really trying to focus on being consistently good over occasionally great. And it, it really pays off. Like whether it's like, if you're in sales, make the calls, send the emails. If you work out, go to the gym, just do it. Like, Eat, eat the amount of protein that you need. And so I'm just talking to a lot of people that really have good habits, have good mindset, and then uh, are, are really just understanding that like they have to be able to lead themselves if they ever really want to impact other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. You know, you spoke about consistency. So I wonder when your company does the leadership training, um, is there any consistent way how to how to basically train future leaders, how mm -hmm. they can have similar maybe skill sets? Uh, within the same company or the same culture. H have you seen any of that? Because obviously, I bet you have had this conversation before that companies say, well, we kind of don't believe that leadership can be taught. So I'm not going to pay for your services. So is there any consistent way how to produce leaders maybe? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anybody says, if anyone actually says that, I think I've talked to a lot of companies that deep down somewhere believe that like it can't be taught or it's not worth investing. And if anyone says that, I say, I hope you have a wonderful life. And uh, when your employees come and work at our company, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like that, that is, if you hear that in your company, it's a red flag, run far away. I, I would say that consistency is one of the most important parts about WildSparks strategy. So we, uh, WildSparks a monthly 
strategy where um, every single month people get a 30 minute leadership lesson on a content topic that like their HR leader would Mm -hmm. pick. So if a company has 50 managers doing it, and a lot of times, by the way, this is becoming a really good retention and attraction tool. They're, they're allowing young professionals, young people to do it as well, because these leadership topics are, are important to them as well. And so Mm -hmm. they're they're Mm -hmm. looping them in. So every month they'll do a lesson. And by the way, the content is like, humor and movie clips. So for, <laughs> so especially for millennials and Gen Z, like it keeps your intention. It's micro learning. So a 30 oh, minute lesson sense. every month on like communicating effectively, giving and receiving feedback, coaching, building trust, emotional intelligence, teamwork, all of that. Mm-hmm. So you would do a lesson like that on your own through our platform and everything. But the most important part and, and what we will always stand by at WildSpark is that we believe that people learn best in circles, not mm-hmm. rows. And so, yes, it's it's great to listen to podcasts. It's great to to go to a, a conference and, and hear somebody speak in a motivational way. But there's a difference between something resonating and yeah. you responding. Absolutely. So we want people to respond and take action. And the best way we found to do that is by putting them in a in a community to talk about this. So let's say a hundred managers at a company are doing WildSpark. They do a lesson at the first part of the month, but then they come together. We would break them into like ten groups of ten. They come together in a small group and talk about, here's what we learned about how to have a tough conversation. How does this apply to our organization and our roles? Do we do this well? Where are the areas for growth? What action steps are we going to take? Oh, and by the way, I'll see you next month. And it takes 1% of people's time if they're working 40 hours a week, which we found is enough to drive change, but not too much to where people are like, golly, why am I always doing this training? And how long these people attend your programs or your you know subscription or these monthly meetings do you see that they really do it long term or is it rather like three months or six months or how how long that consistency circle works typically the the minimum is a year so so people come on for a year because hey there's no magic pills I, i'm in sales and yeah. I, and even me i'm i'm honest with the way that i sell but i would never say yeah after three months you're gonna have great leaders like the moment you stop learning, then you're going backwards. You're never staying the same. You're either you're either improving, learning, growing, or you're declining. Period. So we have this operate this this mindset that like leadership is meant to be ongoing. And so we have many clients that have been with us for five years. And so we have five years worth of content. Nice. So like you're not going to run out. And so people generally. They, they stay with us. Mm-hmm. Oh, five years. So that's that's a lot of content. Yeah, we, we've worked on it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so Hampton, tell me, uh, I'm slowly going to close up our discussion. I'm really enjoying it. And I want to ask you for a little bit of prediction. So tell me how you feel that Gen Z uh, will be in leadership positions. Can you can you estimate how they will be as leaders? Or you, you know, you're obviously super talented. You're flying high. So... <laughs> <laughs> what what do you suspect that leaders from Generation Z will be like? Thank you for the compliment. Um, <laughs> I think Gen Z can be the best generation ever if they get a handle on technology. Like I, I think technology is a, is an amazing tool, but my my red flags started to go off when I started seeing people three four years younger than me and, and my my age included yep. on a Friday night. Just, just like all like FaceTiming or, or like sending messages and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And and look, technology is great. It's great to be able to keep in touch with people. Social media can be cool. It can help you build a brand. Yeah. It can help you build a yeah. business. But like a lot of this is just kind of fake. And I think that mm-hmm. um, it can cause a lot of pain. We are really in need of true, authentic 
community. We, we need people mm-hmm. um, to pour into us mm-hmm. and we need to be able to pour into other people. So like, if you have a group of, of friends, like a community, mm-hmm. um, if, if you become a leader, it's important that you have a community of other leaders, whether it's in your company or outside of it, yep. where you can understand that you are not alone because mm-hmm. isolation is the beginning of a snowball in your life that can lead to a lot of bad things. I don't want people to be alone. And I think that technology gives us this illusion that we're more connected than we are. Better, we yeah. do need to have mm-hmm. more opportunities to sit around a table, look somebody in the eye, maybe shed a tear about something hard going on in your life because everybody's life is a cup. And sometimes your cup is overflowing when it's overflowing. It's not for the heck of it. It's so you can pour out to other people. And when your cup is dry, if you have that community, they'll pour into you. And guess what? I think it's rigged. I think God rigged it to where if you've got five people in a group, I've never seen five people all truly suffering at once. Like there's always somebody that that's on fire, that's ready to pour out. And if you're alone and you're isolated, when hard times come, if you don't have true people to really connect with, then you're really going to struggle and probably not going to have a very easy time leading. Yeah, I see. Because you are tapping a little bit that idea that you don't go to the office, you don't hang out with people, you are this digital sort of nomad and um, and you lose the touch. Even if you have Zoom conversations or if you have FaceTime, yeah, you, you're just not physically there. And maybe sometimes you even don't share as much as you would when you feel that there is some warmth next to you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's definitely some good recommendation to consider for anyone, especially for Gen Z, yeah, because as you said, um, they are a bit more connected than perhaps the other ones. Good. So thank you for the chat. Uh tell me where can people find you, where they can find your podcast, where they can contact you when they have questions, or maybe even invite you to speak for them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I'd love to be a guest to get to know anybody else. The the best place would just be to start with LinkedIn. My name is Hampton Dorch. And on my LinkedIn, there's like a, a link that you can click and there's a bunch of other stuff that you can follow, like my podcast and 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 me trying to be like the rest of Gen Z and relate to them by posting on TikTok. I'm still trying to figure that out, but I've got a bunch of clips on there if you <laughs> want to see those. Um, so yeah, that that's where you'll see that I'm like more I've got a little bit of millennial in me because like the 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 TikTok trend, I'm still trying to kind of figure that whole thing out. But but anyways, yeah, find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> good. And yeah, we will be in touch. I hope good luck uh, with your job, good luck with your your family. <laughs> Since you yes. mentioned that you're expecting. So good luck with that. And thank you very much for being the guest on leading. Thank you. We're we're super excited about uh little baby girl coming on the way. And and I'm also really encouraged by the work that you're doing. And and guys, <laughs> girls, if you're listening to this, uh Ivana is the real deal. So <laughs> Uh, lean in and and keep learning from her thanks so much for having me thank you thank you very much and uh, thank you for listening everyone bye bye